Blog Talk Radio.
is a metaphor really for our dream world and the the dreams that 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 in Hollywood we take ideas and themes themes that we would otherwise you know experience in our lives and we're capable of experiencing them in film or in television similar to the way we experience those themes in the dream world and that's one reason why um theater and uh, film and television and fiction really as well like anything where you can get lost in a world that's created for you um, that symbolizes any any of the human struggles um, and and you experience that in imagery in symbology like a story is like your dream time and that is ruled by Pisces so with the Sun and Mercury and Venus and Mars and Neptune and Chiron all clustered in Pisces right now, we all have an opportunity to see, I think, how our external uh, reality, the situations that are going on in our external life right now, are a symbol of that dream that that the waking world seems real, but it's really just another facet of the same dream world that we're that we're in when we're asleep, or the world that we see uh, when we're going to the movies or TV. I know it's a very sort of cosmic concept, uh, but um, but what it what it shows us is the the lessons of that drama, whether they're about love or loss or being reunited, joy. Um, uh, sorrow or disappointment, defeat or celebration, uh, you know, the range of human experience is so wide and we can experience those things in an unconscious place, in a conscious place, in a dream time place or on, you know, in, in the way that, that, uh, that, that Hollywood has uh, perfected our ability to go into the unconscious world and experience those human experiences outside of us without actually it waking. We're awake and yet we're experiencing a dream, a fiction, a fantasy. And um, so we might find that we've been enjoying being in that place lately. We might find that we've been daydreaming or that we've been uh, wanting to escape um, a more. Uh, that's cer- certainly the shadow side of all of this Pisces energy. Um, but the positive side is our ability to see that the external reality is simply a reflection, a mirror of that unconscious world. So uh, the the Mercury is actually conjunct Mars, and the Sun is actually conjunct um, uh, Chiron, and um, Venus is conjunct Neptune almost perfectly. So there's an elevated consciousness of love. There is a capacity for uh, great selflessness. And at the same time, there's also an ability to communicate our imagination. All of these things are possible in these combinations of alignments of these seven planets in Pisces. Tonight we have the moon in, in Libra, but um, but by tomorrow it's going to be in Scorpio, and with Saturn in Scorpio and the moon in Scorpio, uh, almost all of the planets will be in water. And um, that is, um, I think, uh, extremely powerful 
for human emotion uh, if we do end up having some kind of an event uh, in the next couple of days, an external event. It's going to involve water. It's going to involve human emotion, and um, it's going to help us connect, reconnect with compassion and a, a deep intuitive understanding, Scorpio. Uh, Jupiter is in Gemini and moving forward quite nicely. Gemini is square to Pisces, and uh, so there there is some overindulgence possible, possibly if we're going out and, you know, partying or something like that. The Jupiter, uh, the Gemini square to all that Pisces. Pisces is about getting lost, you know, in uh, in some kinds of escapism. And um, Jupiter has a tendency to produce an overindulgence. So you want to look out for that. Uh, Uranus is in Aries. Pluto is in Capricorn. And they're getting closer to a square that we will talk about in uh, the coming weeks. I did want, and that's your Global Energy Minute. I did want to mention that I said I was going to do a um, a 2013 um, prediction show uh, giving you the transits for 2013 year-long transits and what I'm going to do is I'm planning on doing that Monday and so that show is going to be Monday March the 4th at 12 o'clock Pacific and um, it, I, it, it'll either be a half hour or 45 minutes there won't be any callers um, I'm just going to lay out the major transits and be able to identify with you it's sort of like global energy minute for the year so I wanted to let everyone know that we're going to be doing that show on Monday, March the 4th, and I'll still be doing the regular show at 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific on Thursday, March the 7th. So once again, I am Dr. Craig Martin. You're listening to the Inside Connection Radio on Blog Talk, and um, I have a caller that I want to go straight to and say hello. Hi, area code 901. 901, you're on the Inside Connection. Hi, Dr. Fred. This is Lenise. Hi, Lenise. How are you, hon? I'm good. How about yourself? I haven't spoken to you in a while. Yeah, I saw you coming up, so I decided to listen in. Have you been listening into the show? Well, I haven't uh, for a while. Okay. Do you want me to look at your chart a little bit? Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, let's see what we got going on here. Um, for any of those listeners that um, that are interested in um, your birth information, I'm going to give that out so you don't have to. Uh, anyone who who follows along with astrology, and I welcome junior astrologers and astrology students to join in the show and listen. Lenise's birth information is uh, July the fifth, 1963 at 9.56 a.m. in Memphis, Tennessee. And um, like I said, it's always a pleasure to uh, to, to have you check in with me. And um, let's take a look at what's going on. So uh, Neptune is in opposition to your natal Uranus, which could be a little bit confusing. You could be going through somewhat of a confusing time right now. You definitely have three planets in Virgo and Virgo rising, and if you heard the opening of the show with seven planets in Pisces, all of those planets are in opposition to all of your Virgo. And, um, you know, while I guess there can be for you a time of service, you might be called upon to help some people or you might have been asked to be 
uh, helpful in some way because that Pisces Virgo would stimulate in you uh, emotional service, being there to be a shoulder that someone could cry on, as well as offering uh, some tangible Virgo-type service, which you would be so good at. Nurturing, you know, because you're a Cancer, you have Mercury in Cancer, uh, you know, you're you're a nurturing person. The downside of having that many what what are called oppositions, and it it won't last long. It won't last long. I'm just saying that now and for maybe a week or two, uh, there can be confusion. It can be like kind of unclear. You can feel like you're giving more than you have than you're capable really of giving. People could be asking more from you than you really have to give, and that could feel cloudy or confusing. It could also be uh, some people uh, like disillusionment with people, they ask you to do something and then either they're not grateful or this or that. There's a whole different number of ways for this energy to express itself and um, like I said it's going to continue for a few, about a week let's say, while these planets are in Pisces. Soon, you know, certainly within another um, couple of weeks they're going to be shifting into Aries. They'll be going one by one into Aries and um, you have your Jupiter in Aries, so you can expect to have, I think, a better time uh, in another couple of weeks. But if right now it's been confusing or difficult, it's because there are so many planets in Pisces, and that makes difficult aspects to your rising sign, which is Virgo, and also to your midheaven, and your Venus is in, is in Gemini, and those are all squares. Your moon is in Sagittarius. Pisces is square, to all of that energy so you know hang in there definitely don't make any major decisions right now and um you know allow some of that let's say some of the cloudiness of pisces where things become like whoa what's going on you know like to kind of clear clear out that energy before you I would say firm up any plans because Pisces energy Pisces is not a good time to make plans it's a time more to sort of access your unconscious I would say it's right now would be good for you to um you know, do any kind of meditative, dream journal, uh, painting, art, anything like that where you could access your emotions. Wow. You just explained everything. I feel better. Oh, good. I will be when this is over, I was doing fine, and then all of a sudden, I said, I can't even explain it. All I know is I just don't want to be bothered. Right. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's not an easy energy. It's a difficult energy, uh, but I but I imagine you're going to see it clear out. Uh, let's say in a week to ten days, and then it'll shift and it'll get better, and the planets will move into Aries one by one, and that's a much better placement in your chart. Oh, All right, Lindis. Listen, thanks Thank for checking so in with much. me. Thank you so much. You're I welcome, honey. Bye bye. Thank you. Okay. So tonight's uh, topic is going to be the sixth house, and I did just want to touch on that a little bit um, and uh, and talk about this energy of service, maintenance, routine. And I think when I wrote up the description and I said, you know, we, we, we talk down about this energy sometimes because it isn't the most exciting energy. You know, we, we, we're also geared up for excitement and our culture is especially 
um, stuck on fire and water and air. You know, elementally, we, we like for everything to be fast and we like for everything to be uh, a fantasy so that we can escape into it, you know. And the earth signs are are not like that. They're more grounded. And without them, we, we know nothing would get done. We wouldn't be able to accomplish anything. There would be tons of creativity, and that would be nice, but nothing would get done. You, where People would just sit around and they would be like, yeah, let's make a cake. Yeah, let's go to the beach. Yeah, let's go for a hike. Yeah, let's go buy a present for someone's birthday. And none of it would get done. You know, it would all be incredibly creative and exciting, and then there would be no capacity for follow-through. So the sixth house in our chart is the house that actually gets all of the creative jobs done. And so... Um, some of us, I think, are bogged down by that, you know, We and some of us actually have embraced the process because we've learned to enjoy the journey. The journey is accomplished by uh, attaching to a Virgo sixth house energy. And there are some other things that are going on in the sixth that are very interesting. One includes our health. And, you know, people always ask, why is health a part of this too? You know, why is our health in the sixth house. If someone's having a sixth house issue, they could be having a health issue. And um, the reason is because health is a part of our routine. And when we're young, we don't really realize that because the young, youthful body is customarily capable of staying healthy without having to do too much to it to stay healthy. You know, if you think about what we were capable of doing when we were 17 or 18 and we first went to college when we were 20 uh, and we could pull all-nighters or, you know, hang out with people or do all kinds of things that were probably not so great for the body, eat badly, sleep badly, uh, not drink enough water, drink too much coffee, you know, become relatively toxic, and um, hey, it was no problem. The body was resilient, it, it bounced back, you could stay up all night if you needed to, and go and take tests if you needed to. You know, you could basically run circles around people um, with your youth and never think for one minute that your health was something that you needed to maintain. Because luckily, the body at that time is capable of maintaining it pretty much regardless of what, we, what we're doing to it. Obviously, you can overdo it even in your youth and end up having a health crisis, but not so much as you can end up having a health crisis if you overdo it as you get a little older. So by the time we turn 35, we're in a situation, you know, 29, the Saturn return, and then going on to about 35 where we first realize, whoa, whoa, I can't do what I used to do to my body without having the consequences, and certainly that gets magnified as we have the Uranian opposition, which is 42 years old, and then the Chiron return, which is 50 years old, and then the second Saturn return, which is 58 years old, and as we go through each one of those cycles progressively, we begin to realize that our health needs to be maintained, and a wise person said to me many, many years ago, if you ignore your health, it'll go away. <laughs> and I thought that that was a genius expression 
um, you know, because it, the 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 idea that it's not something we need to work at and maintain is wrong, and that's part of hygiene, right? You know, hygiene is a part of our health, and hygiene is a part of a routine. So, in other words, just brushing your teeth, flossing your teeth, taking a shower, you know, cleaning your body, uh, or doing an internal cleanse, all this kinds of, you know, hygiene, the routine of caring for the body, it represents a part of the way in which we maintain our health, along with everything else that we do to the body on a regular basis. The water we drink, the sleep. Sleep is a part of our routine. Sleep is a part of the sixth house. So the idea that we have to go to sleep and we have to maintain the body through sleep or that we have to maintain the body through eating is all a part of our sixth house routine. And you can see changes in the sixth house routine as part of your life, you know, um, and you can see times when that routine becomes very consistent and um, and routine, for lack of a better word. So, you know, we can have times where we overhaul our routine, where we look at it and we say, whoa, that's not really working, you know, like getting up and drinking three or four cups of coffee to get myself started. That's not really working anymore for me. I need to cut it back. I need to have one cup. Or uh, drinking a cup of coffee, you know, three or four hours before bedtime. That's not working for me either. Um, there are lots and lots of examples, Obviously, it could be about cigarette smoking, meat eating. You know, a lot of times people, if they have a health crisis, they get a wake-up call about their sixth house routine. The other thing that's in the sixth house is our job, different from our career. You know, someone might say that they're a lawyer. They might introduce themselves to you as a lawyer. That's the tenth house. That's their reputation. It, it does represent what they do, but it represents what they do in a very broad sense, it, the, that the title creates what it is that they do. Now, of course, Capricorn has to do with the hard work that it takes to maintain that reputation, but it's still about the reputation. It's the sixth house in everyone's chart that goes and does the job. So if you say, oh, I'm a lawyer, that's the tenth house, but the sixth house for a lawyer is what they actually do the reading papers or doing depositions or showing up in court or whatever. I'm not a lawyer. For me, it would be my 10th house would be like saying I'm an astrologer. I'm an astrologer. I have an astrology practice. And the 6th house for me would be about reading charts or doing this show. It's a part of my weekly routine where I do readings as an astrologer. So the there are there are parts of our lives that are maintained by sixth house energies, by the efforts we put into reproducing an action in order to be able to sustain the creative impulse. Um, some of those things come to an end, you know, like in other words, if you want to make a cake, that's a creative impulse. It doesn't last long, the amount of maintenance that you need to do in order to be able to do that. You have to have maintained your kitchen. You have to go and shop for the ingredients. All of those things are a part of maintain, maintaining your ability to make the cake. And so then when you make the cake, you have to, what, put it on a dish and cover it up with saran wrap and continue to do that until it's eaten. Otherwise, it will spoil. 
so you have to be able to take care of it as well. Certainly much different than if your creative impulse was to go and get a puppy, then that would last quite a bit longer. Um, You'd have to do a lot more to maintain that. You have to do even more so if you have children, And the sixth house is also about maintaining and the routine maintenance of your children because the fifth was about the creative producing of those children. So you have fifth house energies, Leo, producing creative impulses, and then the sixth house needs to maintain. I think that as we get older, we understand the implications of that a lot more. I think when we're younger, we 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 want to create something, but we don't really necessarily, uh, you know, can't can't necessarily appreciate that. It's like it's like uh, you know, all parents know that your kid, you know, going back to the puppy example, you have to buy a puppy for a child that's prepared to be able to do some of that maintenance. You certainly can't, uh, you know, get a puppy, have the creative impulse, and then bring it home and expect a child that's not yet capable of understanding routine maintenance, you know, uh, to take care of that animal. So there are are all kinds of... um, you know, metaphors here that I could use, examples that I could use to describe what I'm talking about. But this sixth house completes the underside of the chart. Houses one through six represent the bottom half of the chart, and they're all about personal energy. Next week, we're going to talk about the seventh, which is about relationships and and marriage and contracts that we have with other people. But what it does is it brings us to a more advanced kind of energy, advanced in, in in the sense that we're going to be dealing now really with other individuals and interacting with them, having to create compromise. Up until this point, it's been about us. Um, The sixth house is about us, how we can help other people, how we serve other people, and how we develop routines to take care of the creative things that we create. So it's very much about, you know, us and the energy that we're willing to put into uh, our own lives and our own creative experiences. I'm going to go to the switchboard and say hello to um, area code 916. 916, you're on the Inside Connection. Hi. Hi, I how are you tonight? Thought, I'm good. This is Diana. I just thought what you were talking about was interesting. I used to do astrology. Diana, have I, ever done a, have I ever done a reading for you? No, I've, I've never been to your show before. Okay. I just was looking at Block Talk Radio on the computer while I was at the library, and I picked out maybe a dozen shows I'd like to try out, and yours was one of them. Oh, well, thank you. Would you like for me to look at your chart briefly and just tell you what I see there? Yes. Okay, great. Um, what's your last name? What's the first initial of your last name? M. M. And um, what's your um, birthday? 5754. I was born at 151. I'm Virgo rising. I know that. Oh, 151 a.m. or p.m.? No, p.m. 151 p.m. And what town? <laughs> Indianapolis, Indiana. Indianapolis, Indiana. I got it. So you know that you're Virgo rising, and you are Virgo rising. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. 
So here's some interesting, you know, you, you're, you, you've got a grand trine in Earth in your chart. You've got, you know, some, some Capricorn, some Taurus, and Virgo rising. So, you know, you would be a very grounded person. Your Mercury is also in Taurus. So, you know, it makes you particularly solid, a, a woman of, you know, strong values and, mm-hmm. um, and ethics, very ethical. And especially, oh, yeah. Diana, since we see the, your ruler and also your son in Taurus in the ninth house, which is the house of spirituality and, and at some level spiritual truth, um, that kind of ethics combined with your own spiritual path um, would make you like a, a seeker of of some kinds of truths. And I would also think Taurus in the ninth, you might you might actually have some like icons in the house or some things like collecting souvenirs from your travels, but also spiritual objects. Um, that you like to, you know, hold on to, whether they're uh, sentimental or meaningful in some way. They also have a real spiritual connection for you. Uh, your moon in Cap in Cancer, conjunct Uranus in Cancer in the eleventh house, makes you very maternal towards your friends, but also gives you some really unusual friendships with people who are sort of, let's say, outside the mainstream in some way or that your style of mothering people is also a little bit kooky in some way, and that and that's nice because it sort of helps you to think outside the box. Having all that earth in your chart, it could make you a little bit more staid, but having the moon in the 11th makes you a little bit more high-minded, humanitarian, generous. So you're a very generous person, um, very thoughtful person. Hardworking, extremely. Uh, are you working? Well, I'm not working at a paid job. I'm a light worker, and um, I do a lot of work that the universe pays me for. Yeah. I was a, regi- I was a registered nurse, and then I became a doctor of naturopathy, and I was born Oh, awesome. Yeah, it so totally suits your chart for you to be a naturopath. That's really amazing. And I'm sure you've worked very, very hard in your life because Mars in Capricorn, Moon's North Node in Capricorn, I'm sure you've, you know, put in a lot of hours. And I, uh, well, I'm ready to go back to work for money, but I've been working for the universe for a year and a half now. Well, you're getting ready to <laughs> you're getting ready to have a Jupiter return this summer, and Jupiter is in your tenth house. So, you know, I oh, mean, great. are you going to? Be I thought teaching? I already had my Jupiter return. <laughs> no, Jupiter. You have Jupiter in Gemini, and Jupiter is going to go. You're going to have your Jupiter return this summer in June before before Jupiter goes into Cancer. So are you going to be teaching? It is time for me to teach because I did the holistic healing and I did the naturopath. And, um, I was before my time, and I was at the time when everybody just wanted you to give to them and they didn't want to pay. So actually I quit everything to follow my calling. And I have strictly just been following my calling, and I've been birthing the earth. So, you know, you know, do you know what light workers even do? If you know what light workers do, that's what I've been doing. I've been yeah, on the no, road, living in my car, light working, and, and, and I yeah, have and it's a beautiful thing to do because we have to hold space. You know, there, there are there are so many of us that have to hold space um for for that energy and if i guess you've had an opportunity to do that because you haven't been working for a year then um then then oh, that's a really huh 
I'm living on two to three hundred dollars a month. I'm just did this to be actually speak to the universe and they do speak to me now. Right. Well, I have you know, how can you get involved in some kind of teaching? Because that's what it is that your chart says that you're, you know, like you mm-hmm. excel at or if you could do some mm-hmm. writing or you could do some teaching. Oh, I've um, got four books to publish when the money comes. And yeah, I'm working on that. It's it's this is what the universe is going to give back to me. The person that I will be working with um, is going to actually lead me to where I will land my oh, my my teaching jobs and stuff. Because part of my, my, after I gave service for 30 years, total service, I mean, people never paid me. It was just a hard, hard life. But after I did this and I followed my calling, then I worked for the earth, the skies, the universe, the source of all that is, you know, all of that, they're going to give back to me. They're going to put me where I'm teaching. I know where it is. But, see, I I also believe that if I talk too much, it diffuses, and then I don't actually get what I'm headed for. Well, so I'm not I mean, gonna, all I wanted to say, say I guess, was that it feels like you're going to have a Jupiter return this year, and it's going to bring some blessings for your career. That's what I'm... That's what I have manifested. Listen, exactly. it was really nice to talk to you tonight. <laughs> I I believe I'll get what I manifested. So okay, my hun. chart says I will. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Okay, hon. Bye-bye. Bye. So there's someone in the chat room who's saying, can I get a reading for March? And yes, you can. I'm not sure if you're intending to call in or if you want to give me your name if you've called in before or if you want to give me your birth information through the chat room, um, you know, then I can, um, you know, put that out there and I can do a reading for you, yeah, without you calling in. That's perfectly fine. So sixth house energy is necessary for us because we uh, need to be able to maintain the things that we've put energy into. It, it's it nothing, nothing goes anywhere without without the sixth house because we can't. It's that final piece that we have to do for ourselves in order to be able to move forward and be able to do the um, six houses that we're going to do starting next week. In other words, the the more external houses, the ones where we say okay, now I can go out into the world. If we don't have our own sense of mm, how to take care of ourselves, the sixth house, how to take care of ourselves, then how are we going to be able to go out into the world and take care of others, you know, have a relationship with someone else or have a career uh, with someone else uh, you know, with other people, be able to offer our services to other people. Uh, I think right. Okay, so sorry, I got a tangent it again by the chat room. Not a problem. Um, how are we going to be able to go out and make those connections, whether they are uh, you know, to find a relationship or to have a career where we help other people if we don't know how to help ourselves. So um, I'm not sure whether I've given a, a, a reading here before um, to this person in the chat room, but I'll I'll check uh, and see. Um, 
and um, the uh, yeah I, I mean I can remember doing a reading for you and um, I felt like you basically said that astrology didn't work for you if I'm not mistaken I kind of like uh, was talking about friendship or friends or something like that with you and I felt like you basically had said that it didn't make any sense to you or that, um, uh, you know, astrology really wasn't describing your situation for you. So um, that, um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, I, let's let's just leave it at that and just say that perhaps uh, you you might be better served by going and getting a reading um, from someone else who might be able to help you out better. Um, my feelings about the sixth house really have to do with um, with the um, the practical nature of of living that's that's really what it boils down to my ideas about uh, astrology have led me to realize that there's a time when we have to do something it's one reason why the six is often sort of maligned you know we don't necessarily want to get up and make the bed and yet goals and creating unconscious habits like that like making the bed or they send unconscious messages back to us about that we've taken care of ourselves or we've taken care of our home. And I can remember learning also when I was a younger uh, man, a boy probably, from a wise man, that you can start your day by creating what's like a success principle for yourself. You know, give yourself messages of success by the routine that it is that you do. If you wake up in the morning and some of the first things that you do are, you know, take care of your body, perhaps you sit in journal right for a moment, perhaps you read, perhaps you meditate, um, these kinds of energies are the things that establish success throughout the day. And, um, and, and I feel like there's a huge truth to that. We feel better if we do the maintenance you know like i've been i have a couple of really sweet little bird feeders right outside the window here and um over the winter the seeds that are in them get kind of packed down a little bit and the birds don't really come too much anyway it's like they're they're not really around now all of a sudden they're around you know they're back here or whatever they're building nests it's spring there's so many more birds in los angeles in february because they come back from probably more south of here and um, and I realized that they couldn't get the seeds, you know. And today it made me actually feel really good to turn the the the, um, the bird feeders kind of upside down and shake the seeds up and loosen them up so that they had a little bit more air space in there so that the birds could get them out more easily. Tomorrow I'm going to have a bird festival because right, I kind of did that at sundown. And I realized that it made me feel good. It made me feel good to maintain 
the property because the creative idea of oh i'd like to see some birds in the property that can't be sustained unless i put the energy in to sustain it so remember whatever it is that you create you need to continue to put energy into it to be able to sustain it and um i just like to say you know many blessings for uh sustaining all the energy that we put into all of the things that we love so dearly that we spend the time to create them. Um, my name is Dr. Craig Martin. You're listening to the Inside Connection Radio, and tonight I'm going to leave you with um, Vaporize.